Today we're going to talk about mindfulness of the mind. What brought me to meditation? Suffering brought me to meditation. Uh, my suffering caused me to experience a kind of anguish that made me really contemplate life over and over again from a very young age. I was probably eight when I could articulate my contemplation. Throughout my life, I had experienced abandonment, abuse, loss, scarcity, shame, guilt, fear, and a kind of self-harming. I've been in a very difficult path. And it was meditation on, on, on this path that, that I found a passage that I hadn't connected to yet. But the moment I stepped into meditation and found this connection from my heart to my head, I could really feel into my body. It's really when a deep sense of healing began for me. It was my first moment of really truly experiencing a courageous heart and a willingness to try to stay the fuck out of it. <laughs> like to, that death was going to come. My job was the living. And the how meditation has helped me figure that out, actually. I had a lot of pieces come into my life. The pieces of the puzzles that come into your life that help to form you. As challenging as things were, I am quite informed in a particular way. While I can offer forgiveness because of it, I have such deep gratitude for it. The collective of this, the suffering, it was those words that life is pain. It's a Buddhist phrase that life is pain. And if you try to take someone's pain away, you're taking away their life. Mindfulness as a practice is 2,600 years old, they say. If you all want to study Buddhist psychology and philosophy, go down that path. It might serve you. For me, in particular, the practice, being embodied, bringing that mindfulness meditation, that practice into a daily happening, that's where it's at for me. When we come into meditation, it's the reason why we started our practice with mindfulness of the breath and then of the body, then mindfulness of the feelings and emotions to bring it here to this place of mindfulness of the mind so that we can make these connections so we can really truly have this embodied it's terrible to say that i'm deeply grateful for the buddhist suffering that is why there is these because we all suffer these teachings to help us live with it live with it not without it but live with it it's the yes and moment in our minds i feel like one of the best ways to practice a mindfulness of the mind meditation is to lean into it. You know your reason why. Your why might change as you evolve. It may be not. 
what's most important is that you come to it a little bit every day that you practice your meditation a little bit every day somehow some way this embodiment of presence and in a heartfelt way in your body the more you practice i'm hopeful the more you'll make this path from your heart to your head i'm a teacher of the heart that feels good to me because the heart is the source space it's where it all comes together i mean anatomically speaking also the center and actually scientifically they say that our heart puts out a vibration a pulse 60,000 times more pulse vibration than our brain to ourselves i mean it's 60,000 times more so if you think what is powerful in your body it is your heart there's a theory that our brain and our mind are separate you know anatomically there's the brain right and that the mind is separate from it. Let's call the mind that that space where the mind lives is center of head. There's another theory that says that center of head is neutrality. Okay, so the theories go that as you think, you will either think a negative thought, a positive thought, or a neutral thought. And those that happening happens in the mind. In the mind, and where does the mind sit in the head? The theory is that it sits between the eyes, behind the eyes, and up a little bit. I know for myself, when I first meditated like this, to really place a focus on the center of head, my eyes would hurt, my head would hurt, I would start crying. There are a lot of physical sensations that could happen. It's dynamic, this feeling. I'm going to lean into what's next now, because we are in the rain together. There's an acronym, RAIN, R-A-I-N. Okay, so R is for recognize. So recognizing that you are going to come into your meditation, as I said before, that your body is precious, and you're having this precious life and these precious experiences. If you come into your meditation and your mind says, what's up? <laughs> and you say nothing, you know, nothing, got nothing. You fucking liar. No, that's not true. Why would you do that to yourself? That's a lie. And it might not be your lie. Maybe it's somebody else's lie, but it's a lie. You're going to come into your meditation and there's going to be something there and it's up to you to offer it some kind attention. Okay, maybe you don't cuss at it like I just did. You know, that might be a dialogue in my head occasionally. I do my best to be nice to myself, but occasionally when I start feeling like I'm gonna shine it on and no one's gonna see my suffering and I'm not about to sit in it until it all comes to a head, literally. It all comes to the head until it sits there, until the suffering will get there, and you know what to do with yourself. This is what you do with yourself. You meditate. You, you come into your sitting, in your sacred space, in the sacred body, and you have your sitting, and you recognize. And recognizing it is one thing, 
The A in RAIN stands for accepting. Can you accept what's come in to your mind? To your, into your mind's eye, what has been presented to you? Can you accept it? Could you allow it some room? Especially when the things are the suffering, right? When they're painful and you can feel it. It's difficult, this accepting, this allowing. So I would say, you don't need to bully yourself. You could just offer it a little something, some kind attention. Could you offer it kind attention? Hmm. Now, the I in rain, so it's recognize, accepting, the I, investigating. Thich Nhat Hanh used to say that this was the way we have some deep, deep thoughts, some deep listening. That investigation is when the proverbial U-turn of what about this is me? What about this thing that I've just recognized that now I'm accepting, I'm going to give it kind attention. Now some investigating. What is, what is this information? What is it saying to me? Is it, is it a memory? You know, in your meditation, you can go deep into your memories and investigate a happening. And the kind attention asks you to be aware because, you know, if you stay there too long in the past, it could pull you into depression. The same is true when you begin to envision, you'll, you'll envision with some deep thought, a future. And if you spend too much time there in the future, in the center of your head, it could cause some anxiety. You could, after excitement, maybe some anxiety. And could you bring it back, just recognizing, oh, investigating, what about that is true? And what about it is not true? We just bring it back into present time, a thought, an image, a happening. What about that is true? just investigating. And maybe after you get over what you're accepting, maybe you can lean into your body of where do I feel that? When I've done all I can do with my head and my heart and my body, then I go to the N in rain. So I recognize, I allow, I investigate. The N in rain is to nurture. To nurture. This is what I do. When I'm sitting in my meditation and I feel like I'm going to um, uh, collapse in it, I hold myself. I nurture myself. I hold myself. I tell myself it's okay. I'm okay. I tell myself I have every right to feel how I feel, that I feel some kind of way. I feel all the ways. And that's okay, I nurture myself. The traditional 
definition of the N is non-identification. But for certain reasons, because Buddhism is also evolving, they've evolved that term. But non-identification basically means this is not me. <laughs> basically, it's not just about me. In modern Buddhism, in modern mindfulness, the end to nurture ourselves, that's where it's at. That's the sweet spot. In the terms of where you might find yourself in the center of your head when you're in contemplation, right? When you're contemplating things deeply, you must get to a place where certainly, absolutely, if it's suffering, that you nurture yourself. Uh, the same is way with, with like joy and ecstasy and transcendence, you know? For me, um, the very first time I ever meditated was maybe one of the first times I felt pleasure in my body without shame and guilt. It was on top of a cliff <laughs> in the Quetacos in Canada, and I couldn't sleep for days. And then finally, this teacher, this beautiful teacher, took me to the top of this mountain cliff. And I sat there, and she taught me how to close my eyes and sit on the rock with my body all anchored and my mind all open and my body just breathing and feeling into it. And I sat there like this and I could just breathe and feel. And I felt all this movement in my body and this connection, my body, my heart, my mind. It was for a moment, but I felt it and it gave me hope. So when I sit in my meditation, and for all of you, I'm hopeful that it is a tool that gives you a sense of hope in for yourself, for yourself, for sure. We are energy, our bodies are energy. So once you are in your meditation, when you come into your sitting, you're going to come into your mind. And when your mind is doing all the things, when it's like a crazy puppy up there and you're training it to sit and you use this tool of rain, eventually, eventually, you will come into your sitting in the rain and then in nature, all the energy of nature comes into your practice and it will happen very naturally when you start sitting often this body is energy your body is the earth your body is the ocean your body is the fire mm -hmm. our body is fire and it's air there is a transcendence happening in you for some people they bypass the energy and all are all in head all in the in the thoughts for others it's they get into their the energy body before they can get into their head one way isn't better than the other it's about what it is for you this is where you are the artist you are the creator of this precious body of yours my ask is that when you come into your meditation that you bring it to present time and from present time, 
you can investigate a memory, a future thought, a present thought from present time. When you're in your body, giving yourself nourishment, all the while nourishing you, you're nourishing yourself. You have to make an effort sometimes to not harm yourself, to not bully yourself, to not strong arm yourself. You must be kinder to yourself, patient and kind, loving in your meditation, to have non-judgment. There are moments in my meditation where I'm like, oh, I was in a sweet spot, and for whatever reason, I got out of it, and then when I try to come back into it and I can't, oh, it just messes with me. Maybe I'll try that again the next day, and I can't get there, and the next day, and again, and again, and I might have a few days of feeling like I just failed meditation. It's an acceptance. It's better when you don't have judgment on it. Could you accept it more? And then try different things with your meditation. Whether it's maybe you need to move your space where you meditate, maybe you need to move your body, how you meditate. I feel like there's a little perfectionist in all of us and that we've got to make it right, that we're here to get it right, here to do it right. And there's so much judgment on what's wrong and what's right. And when you come into your sitting, a part of that kind awareness, awareness and kind attention is to, could you also offer yourself non-judgment? Hmm? That's part of that, like, don't bully yourself. Don't force this. Could you just be with the experience? To sit with yourself and with each other in the suffering is the greatest act of courage. Those are Buddhist words, and they're very true for all of us in this human experience. As I welcome you, I release you. Let's release each other with kindness. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you.